Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is 8.38. I'm Debbie Monterey, along with Tom Ackerman. Total Information AM continues, and it's been two and a half years since Patricia and Mark McCloskey grabbed headlines because they grabbed a handgun and an AR-15-style rifle and confronted protesters uh, who were passing by their home in the Central West End on their way to the mayor's house. Joining us for another look at several legal topics this week is Brad Young, KMOX legal analyst and partner at Harris, Dow, Fisher and Young. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Debbie. All right. So the McCloskeys wanted their guns back. Now, clearly they could afford to get other guns. I think they were maybe making a point here, but a judge said no. So what's your take on this? Hmm. Well, we need to take a short trip down memory lane because you recall with the McCloskeys, uh, they actually pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge in exchange for dropping all of the charges against them. And then once they pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge, uh, then the governor issued a pardon on that misdemeanor. So then the question becomes or became at that time, do they get their guns back if they've been pardoned? So they've been fighting this battle for, uh, you know, pardon the expression, but fighting this battle for quite a while. And uh, the Supreme Court, the Ellen, or the Missouri Supreme Court, actually ruled that they do not get their guns back. And what's interesting is this, Debbie. If you look back at the history of situations in the past where individuals have received a gubernatorial pardon, the Missouri Supreme Court pointed out that that while the the actual conviction is removed by a pardon, the actual guilt is not. They're still guilty of the crime, even though the uh, the effects of that crime have been removed through the pardon. So the court looked at going back to the 70s, uh, where someone pled guilty to selling liquor on Sunday when we had blue laws in Missouri, and that person was ineligible, even though a governor a gubernatorial pardon was issued, that person was ineligible to get his liquor license back because he had been convicted of the crime. So they applied that reasoning here and said, yeah, there's a pardon, but because they actually pled guilty uh, and people who plead guilty to gun crimes don't get their guns back, then at that point, uh, even a pardon could not restore their right to get their property back. What do they do with the guns, Brad? Well, generally speaking, what happens, Tom, is that that guns that are confiscated in the course of a, a prosecution of a crime are kept for a sufficient period of time to make sure that all appeals have been exhausted, that there's no more court proceedings of any kind. And then at that point, they're generally melted down. 
So that's where these two guns, I believe it's one pistol and one uh, AR-15 style rifle, both of those will eventually be melted down. So the appeals court judge affirmed the um, lower court ruling from a judge was the correct one. Do they kick this up to the Supreme Court? Do we know? Or is this a done deal? Well, it's, it's any case can be appealed to the Supreme Court. Debbie, but since the Supreme Court gets about anywhere between seven and eight thousand applications a year for cases to be decided, and they generally decide, uh, you know, in the dozens of cases, the chances of this getting uh, an audience before the U.S. Supreme Court, I think, is very, very slim. Wait a minute now. Mickey Mouse is going to the public domain. Yeah, what does that even mean? Are you kidding me? So it's going (laughs) to lose lose his copyright. Well, yes and no. I would say it's not quite so black and white. But you remember uh, there was a, something called Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie was the the initial design of Mickey Mouse that was done by Walt Disney. And that Steamboat Willie character didn't speak. Uh, he just whistled and, and drove a boat uh, or piloted a boat. And so that that incarnation of Mickey Mouse... Uh, yes, is going into the public domain as of January 1. Now, what that means is, is that it, other people can create new works based upon Steamboat Willie, uh, and uh, and Disney has no say in it because they've lost their copyright protection in that incarnation of Mickey Mouse. Now, keep in mind, we know how this works because last year, Winnie the Pooh went into uh, the public domain, but only, again, the very first incarnation of Winnie the Pooh. So not the Winnie the Pooh that everyone is thinking of, uh, you know, with the, with the dress the way he is and the way he sounds and the way he acts. All of those were done later, which have continued copyright protection. So with Mickey Mouse, you know, if if you want to do a movie that has Mickey Mouse speaking in that same Mickey Mouse voice that we all know and love, Disney's going to be sending you letters from their legal team because that is not in the public domain. Only the Steamboat Willie uh, incarnation of, of, uh, of Mickey Mouse. So how exactly does copyright law work? Because I know when it comes to songs like the Happy Birthday song, people are like, well, it's over 100 years old, so now it's in the public domain, so you don't have to worry about getting sued. Is that how all copyright works? And could Disney have applied to extend the copyright or or no? Well, their copyright has been extended many, many times because every time some derivation of the character uh, appears, then that extends the copyright even further. So, but on the Steamboat Willie, there was kind of an overhaul of the character. So that character, it's in the public domain. So people can do with it what they will. Now, here's what's going to happen, though. Disney's legal department is going to be very busy in the new year because as people do uh, creative works with the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse, uh, Disney's going to be watching very carefully to make sure that if there's any uh, attempt to bleed into what we now know as Mickey Mouse, then they're they're going to be uh, sending the legal team in. Also, 
the, uh, a copyright interest is one thing, but also a company logo or trademark is another. So no company, if you're going to open up a, uh, your own theme park and you want to have a mouse with big ears as your as your logo, that is never going to expire because that is a corporate logo. So there are a lot of legal nuances to this. Uh, but again, we've been through this with Winnie the Pooh. So I think Disney has a handle on how to make sure that companies dance up to the line, but not over. Let me squeeze this one in, Brad. The Supreme Court decided to stay out of the case regarding immunity for Donald Trump for actions he took while president that may have interfered with the 2020 election. What can you tell us about that? Well, the court just issued a one-page opinion, Tom, did not go into detail, but this falls in line with standard Supreme Court precedent, which is they're not going to uh, they're not going to jump ahead and look at cases until lower courts have an opportunity to analyze it. This is falls directly in line uh, with that theory and wasn't unexpected. So, so, uh, so Jack Smith and and Donald Trump are going to have to go through the normal appellate process to see whether or not the president has presidential immunity when it comes to his actions on January 6th. All right. Well, that's not, I'm sure, the last time that we'll have a legal case that uh, will be appealed to, or at least hoping the, the Supreme Court takes it up. Time is ticking as far as these cases go. Brad, we appreciate the time as always. My pleasure, Debbie. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 